All right, welcome back to another con- another week of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. Man, believe it or not, it's already Week 16 Championship Week for everybody out there. Uh, good luck in all your games this week. It's always fun that Week 16 Championship Weekend is always right around Christmas. It's like an extra bonus, an extra Christmas gift that you can get. And on the other side of the glass is always... Uh, you, you, you folks know who I am. I'm Bob Long, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And on the other side of the glass, as always, with us is uh, my good friend Ron Rigney, who is in a championship game this weekend. So, Ron, it's good to have you back. I hope all is well. And tell us a little bit about your championship in the Kings Classic this week. Yeah, so uh, we're able to put together a title game run in the Kings Classic Snake League. Uh, went, we got a nice, uh, nice little win over Chris Prince this week. Uh, so headed to the title game, playing uh, Doug Orth from FF Today, and uh, I'm a little scared of that team. I was looking at his team on paper, and I got to say, I'm you know I'm a little little leery going in, but you never know what could happen. You know, like I say, you know you could have a big week from a guy you don't expect. You know, like last week, um, I would say my uh, MVPs for the year. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying this, but are guys like Cole Beasley and JD McKissick. Are yeah. guys that are putting up some big points. So who knows? Anything could happen. But yeah, it's uh, cool to be playing in the title game for sure. Yeah, another big week for Darren Waller. Or did you, is that not the league you have? Him that's in? that's not the one I had okay. him in. Um, let's see. This week I was carried in that league, obviously by McKissick and Beasley. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to throw Leonard Fournette in because Zeke Elliott decided at the last minute he was going to sit out. And those two right. uh, Fournette touchdowns were huge. And yep. um, just got solid production across the board, man. Got a nice double-digit production. Of course, when you got Kyler Murray setting a career yardage mark, that's always good. And running a yep. one in and throwing for a few. So, had a lot of good things go my way last week. So, hopefully we I can do that see two Kyler getting and, back uh, to normal one. Yeah, it was it was good to see him. He didn't run it a lot, but he did run into touchdown. But through the passing game, for sure, it was definitely good to see him posting – some, of course, he's not posting 400 yards and three or four touchdowns every week, but it was good to right. see him actually have some some solid production through the air and get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and looking a little yeah. better than he has the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Definitely. And so that's a great segue as we get started this week. Uh, we look at our quarterbacks uh, for year-to-day consistency and Kyler Murray's big week of 40.20 fantasy points. There were three quarterbacks. Actually, you could even say four if you count Ryan Tannehill at 39.75. But with Tannehill and above, there were uh, four guys that, you know, basically at 40 points and above. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's been on fire as of late. Um, Really has been looking good. His consistency obviously has been picking up now, but he's still only up to 57%. Um, But... Definitely been a year of both between quarterbacks and the tight ends, man. It's been a year of, uh, I'll just call it inconsistency that has been a, uh, you know, a brutal, brutal scenario for us. But, you know, we'll tie it up. We'll tie it all together and we'll uh, get our picks as we head into 2021, start working on the new consistency guide uh, as we start, as always, right after the first of the year. And uh, we'll start figuring out what quarterbacks are going to be the best picks for 2021. And, you know, I mean, we, we've we said this, uh, uh, if we said it once, we've said it a hundred times, you know, this has been a unique year uh, in the football world because of injuries and COVID and delaying games and postponing games. And, 
you know, people, you know, tons and tons of players missing, lots and lots of backups playing, especially at probably the offense and defensive lines um, that has, you know, just made it very, very difficult to get much consistency at all out of the quarterback and or tight end position. Running backs and receivers a little bit better, but, you know, like I said, it's been a tough year. And like I said, Kyler Murray took over the number one spot this past week, now has 410.95 points. Uh, 10, 10, a little bit over 10 points ahead of Patrick Mahomes, who did earn a clutch game, you know, only 28.4. Uh, but uh, like I said, Murray had that 40 banger. So that certainly pushed him back up ahead. You know, after that, we got Aaron Rodgers, 86%, uh, Kyler Murray, 79%, Russell Wilson, another down week, only 14 points. That's like four straight for him. Now he's down to 71%, tied with Deshaun Watson. You know, Russell Wilson owners, I I, I wasn't much of one um, in this, but, you know, he certainly, if he didn't crash your playoff hopes before you got to the playoffs, he certainly has crashed them since it got to him. Your thoughts on Russell Wilson and the whole Seattle offense, uh, what's happening with them? Well, it seems like, too, and, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about Russell Wilson in the past and how he's kind of a slow starter. It seems like it was the opposite effect this season, but it seems like when he's bad, he strings together three, four, five games where he's just, you know, inconsistent. There's no really n- nothing else to right. say, you know, and I think it's been a big drop off for Tyler Lockett as well. You know, we've seen DK Metcalf kind of surpass him. I think is that wide receiver one DK Metcalf's mm-hmm. on a whole nother level, I think, as far as being a, an NFL wide receiver. But we were hoping that Tyler Lockett would be that compliment. And he's had a couple of big games, but man, he's, he's been missing as well. There's been a lot of inconsistency in the run game. You know, you, Chris Carson, when he's been in, he's been solid, but they've been having to go with Carlos Hyde. They've been having to go with – they went with DJ Dallas a few weeks. So there's there's a lot of things going on there. I think not having a consistent tight end really hurts him mm-hmm. quite a bit. So I, I think a lot of it has to do with the weapons that are around him. Yeah, and without a doubt, uh, as we go down the list, Justin Herbert's cooled off quite a bit. You know, there was a point where he was right up there with the big boys, uh, down now to 69%, uh, eighth in total points. Uh, Josh Allen, 64%. Josh Allen, third overall in total points. In fact, he is less than one point behind Patrick Mahomes. That's that's a trivia question. That's that's one you can win in a bar right now. Uh, I would not have guessed, without looking until I saw that, that Josh Allen was that close to Patrick Mahomes in total points this year. Uh, but like I said, only 64% consistency, which is tied with Kirk Cousins. Unbelievable. I just that just dumbfounds me that Kirk's even that high. That's probably his best he's ever had at 64%. But still, a lot of that has come over the last five or six weeks. Uh, you know, maybe he is it is it the fact that he's connecting a little bit better now with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, even Irv Smith, he's had some nice, you know, get had him some nice games as well. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? Is this guy somebody that we can feel comfortable going into next year as a possible QB one, or do we stay away from him? I'm thinking we stay away, but what are your thoughts? I, I, I do like the fact that they were able to replace Stefan Diggs so quickly. I don't think that I, I think a lot of people like Justin Jefferson and he couldn't have fallen into a better spot. You know, mm-hmm. he just basically had a right. starting position handed to him. And those LSU wide receivers tend to transition pretty well to the NFL. You know, say what you want about Odell Beckham, but he put up numbers there for a while. You know, Jarvis Landry, you know, we talked about him as well. So 
I think part of it has to do with that. I think for me, Kirk Cousins is going to be right on that cusp of a high QB2, QB1. I'm not really ready to go into a season, I think, with him as my starter just yet. But I, I do, like you said, like the fact that he's building that rapport with Irv Smith. You know, Justin Jefferson has been, you know, he is a contender for rookie of the year for sure. And mm-hmm. then Adam Thielen getting back to his old tricks, too. I think that's that's big as well. But I think a lot of it kind of like what the opposite of Russell Wilson they, they've actually put some weapons there that are, that are pretty effective for him. Irv Smith even had a touchdown for you last weekend. Yeah, I say Irv Smith is certainly <clears throat> certainly becoming the, the main guy there. I mean, my thought is Kyle Rudolph will probably re- be retiring. I know he had talked about it last year, but it didn't, didn't actually go through with it. But, uh, you know, definitely somebody, again, to kind of keep an eye on as we head into next year. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill... Interestingly enough, last year, 75% consistency, but only 22nd in total points. Now, he did miss four games. Well, he didn't play in four games because basically he replaced Mariota. We thought the consistency would continue, and it's been the complete opposite. He's been more of a higher point-scoring quarterback this year, as evidenced by his seventh in total points, but only 57% consistent, kind of like Cousins. Is this a guy that we can trust? as a potential late quarterback heading into next year uh, as, as maybe a guy that might be 70% consistent. We can get in round 10, 11 and, and he's put up some solid numbers, definitely big numbers as of late, but can we trust him going into next year? This is another guy that's intriguing me as I'm looking into next year. Cause next year, in my opinion, it's going to be the quarterback position and the tight end position to me is going to be almost exactly the same. You're either going to take a quarterback super high, Mahomes, Murray, Rodgers, somebody like that, Deshaun Watson maybe, Russell Wilson maybe, or you're going to go 10th round. Same way with tight end. It's either Kelsey, maybe Darren Waller, maybe Kittle. Kittle's probably in because it'll be healthy. Or you're going to wait to round 10. Is Daniel a guy that we can rate to round 10, or is he not somebody we're we're even putting in the, the, the picture at? I think I'm going to lump him kind of in that same category with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think he's going to be kind of right around that. Q- I think he'll be drafted more as a QB one than Kirk Cousins will. So mm-hmm. maybe there's that right there. Might you know maybe Kirk Cousins is going to get forced down a little bit to where you pay a price for him. That if you're willing to wait on quarterback, you feel okay. You know, maybe in a 12 or 14 team league, you get him a little bit later. But as I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill's stats here, I think I only have him in one one league. It's a two QB league. But mm-hmm. I, I never would have thought at this point in the season we'd be talking about Ryan Tannehill with 31 touchdowns and five interceptions. That's pretty respectable right. numbers, not turning that ball <laughs> over. And the only other thing that, that worries me a little bit with him, and, of course, I think you have to look at it a little bit, too, with Dalvin Cook in the backfield with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You know that that, that offense is, is, is ran around Derrick Henry. and You know Derrick Henry right. is going to get a ton of touches. So that might eat away from it a little bit. But there's there's a few games too, you know. Despite having Derrick Henry, you know Tannehill's gone over 40, 40 pass attempts in some of these higher scoring games. So right. there's there if, if, if there should still be a little bit of meat on the bone there. But I think you know, and and just with those two guys we've talked about, if you could get Tannehill and Cousins and maybe stream those two guys, yeah, well, you know, that was matches, my thought I think too. That's pretty right. pretty solid strategy there. Right. I mean, I know you know heading in this year, I was all about the Matt Ryan Drew Brees scenario. Well. Drew Brees got hurt. Matt Ryan hasn't been that great, you know. And the interesting thing is, you know, Brees, consistency-wise, he's 60%. You know, Ryan's only 43, but he's 12th in total points. He certainly has had some good games. He's tailed off as of late. But let's also think about the fact that 
you know, what has Matt Ryan had as a running game to protect him? Nothing. Gurley hasn't done no. anything. So, you know, if they go out and get a good running back, let's say they go out and get a Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette's going to be, you know, a free agent. Somebody's going to take him and somebody's going to benefit because this guy is good. He just hasn't really tried much this year, obviously. Being behind Ronald Jones, I just don't think he's put in the effort. I mean, that's the problem with him is you've got, you know, million dollar, you know, million dollar talent, 10 cent head. But, you know, if they could, you know, Leonard Fournette could go to, you know, to uh, Atlanta. Oof, that could be that could be nice. Um, but again, you know, that's kind of stuff we'll have to be looking at as we head into the the offseason. But, you know, I, I just kind of want to bring some of these guys up as potential, you know, what what we're going to look at next year. Because like I said, I think I really feel like the quarterback and tight end position is going to be one of those where it's either got to be early or it's got to be late. And there is no really not much in between. All right, let's move on to the running back position. Um, like I said, there's definitely some names on here that probably were not starting, just like in the wide receiver position we'll get to, that were not in most fantasy rosters. Maybe Tony Pollard was because they probably had him as a backup or a handcuff to ZQL. It took the number one spot. J.D. McKissick, you talked about. Um, Giovanni Bernard, Salvin Ahmed, Benny Snell. Ty Johnson, Chase Edmonds, uh, Le'Veon Mike Bell, Mike Davis, Jeff Wilson, Frank Gore, who is 103 years old and is still putting up fantasy numbers. So a lot of guys this week, obviously, you know, like you said, we're, we're you know, helping nobody but themselves in the fantasy world. Um, but as we look to the year to date totals, Dalvin Cook's still perfect. The only perfect guy that's at least played a number of games. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is still perfect at three and three because he hasn't played all year. Um, but, you know, James Robinson, then they're at 93%. This one's going to be an interesting one is where is James Robinson going to be drafted next year in the 2021 fantasy drafts? Is he a top 12? Do we have that much confidence in? I mean, he's fourth in total points, 93% consistency, garbage quarterback. Now, granted, they're probably going to have Trevor Lawrence or whoever. Um, so, it's, does it matter with this guy? He seems to do very well without the quarterback situation being all that uh, in sync. So, is James Robinson, is he going to be a top 12 pick? I think so. Or and top I, 12 I, running back, I should say, not top 12 pick. I think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's something where, you know, going into the season – Jacksonville doesn't do a lot of things right, but one of the things that they did right was let go of Leonard Fournette in favor of this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, they knew enough to see what he was doing in training camp. They knew enough to see that they were confident in him and him being the starter, and he's turned out to make them look like geniuses, you know, getting mm -hmm. rid of the starter, you know, like you said, with the 10 cent brain and going with this guy that they basically have invested nothing in. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, he's one of our most consistent guys. He's 13 out of 14. And you keep yeah. waiting for this guy to fall off because of that lack of quarterback play or that lack of, you know, offensive line play. And he's just not. So I think he's definitely going to be one of the top. I, I, I think he's easily a top 10 guy instead yeah. of top 12. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and I, I and I think if everybody's healthy and the offensive lines are all healthy, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of guys that are big names that are not having very consistent years, but are putting up your points that you'd expect out of them. I mean, I look at guys like um, Kareem Hunt, who's eighth in total points, Mike Davis, who's ninth. Now, granted, that'll go away. Um, but you've got 
Ronald Jones, who's 14th, uh, you know, he maybe not be a top 12, but he'll definitely be a top 24. Uh, Josh Jacobs, seventh in total points, but only 62% consistent. Joe Mixon uh, was 67% consistent until he got hurt. Uh, but there's guys like Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, you know, somebody in Miami, whether it's Miles Gaskins or, or Salvin Ahmed. Uh, you know, those guys, it, you know, if they get it figured out, who's going to be the number one guy there. So, you know, and guys who are also hurt, Austin Eckler, um, you know, Nick Chubb didn't play a full year. He'll be back. DeAndre Swift has looked good in his limited roles. So there's a lot of good running backs as we head into next year. And like I said, and Miles Sanders, another one that didn't really work out. Uh, Raheem Mostert, who was injured, let alone the Barkleys and the, and the McCaffreys and everybody else who got hurt. So. A uh, lot of good players that will be heading into next year. I think there will be some very solid depth at maybe running back position. Any of those guys that kind of uh, uh, Montgomery is the one that I'm kind of really high on heading into next year. I I know Brad Evans will smile when I say that. It just happens to be three years after he had the uh, you know the chub for him during the Kings Classic. But I, this kid has been. I, I wrote it up in the article this week since. Tariq Cohn went down. So last nine weeks, uh, Montgomery's averaging 18.8 fantasy points a week and eight out of nine in clutch games. That's pretty impressive for a team that has garbage for a quarterback. Right. So definitely like him. Any of those guys you like that, you know, you're kind of like, hmm, I'm looking at him as a potential, you know, you know not sleeper. Obviously, nobody's a sleeper anymore, but an undervalued player heading into next year that, you're going to kind of have on the radar for, for your picks? Well, I'm curious to see, of course, uh, you know, being a Colts fan, my, my guy Jonathan Taylor's right there. Yeah, I don't know necessarily right. if he's going to be under the radar. But I, I, I think you might see him go a little bit later than what you saw this year. You Probably know, round he, two, round three. Yeah, it might, might slip down to round three, which is, I think is a little bit more affordable. I'm, I'm interested to see what Miami does if they decide yeah. to go. Because Salman Ahmed has looked solid, solid when he's been in there, getting 20 carries a game. You know, last couple of times he's been in there, had a 20-carry, 100-yard game last weekend in his first game back off injury. Miles Gaskin looked pretty solid there as, as a replacement. So it, it, I'm curious to see where they go if they try to do maybe a committee. That's mm-hmm. a couple of guys that might be kind of sneaky ads, you know, if there's enough meat left on the bone for both of them. But I think kind of in that in that range, um, Antonio Gibson's a guy that I think you'll see shoot up draft boards too and just, just with his ability to make big plays. You know, he's got a nose for the end zone. He's a, he was a touchdown machine before he went down. So I think he's a guy that if they can work out something where I think J.D. McKissick has definitely carved out a role there for sure. So I think if they can work out something where they can see equal time, where, you know, you maybe see McKissick as kind of that third down guy with a little bit of Gibson. Kind of like a hunt and chub thing. Yeah, if they can yeah. work out something like that, I think that's two guys right there in the same backfield you could really get a lot of value with. And it's one of the things that I thought was interesting, too, about a couple lineups that I saw, especially in King's Classic. There was somebody that started Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb in their lineup mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and it worked out. And so this could be something where if you have Gibson and McKissick and it's a deep enough league, you could probably feel good starting starting them maybe some weeks as Gibson is your RB2 put McKissick in as your flex if it's a PPR, and you can feel pretty good about that. I'm not usually big on stacking guys in, in yearly leagues, especially if it's not a quarterback receiver. If it's like a running back or receiver, it's a little bit sketchy to me, but I think that's something you could probably feel good about doing. All right. Well, obviously the biggest key in Washington is can they get a consistent quarterback? Maybe not consistent from a fantasy standpoint, just consistently behind center every week between Haskins and Smith and 
you know, Kyle Allen, they were rotating a lot with injuries this year. So, you know, they need somebody to kind of just stay in there and, you know, give some stability to the well, offense. And, and one that can consistently stay out of strip clubs during a pandemic as well. Yeah. Did that you, might be a plus. So, so my friend posted that he apologized to his team for not wearing his mask in the strip club. He didn't apologize for going to the strip club. Right. He apologized for not wearing a mask in the strip club. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we showed you where the uh, we're talking about ten cent brain. Um, all right, let's move on to the wide receiver spot. Uh, I think it's I think it's official now. If we haven't pretty much said this all year, Calvin Ridley has taken over for Julio Jones as not only the top guy in Atlanta, but one of the top receivers in the NFL, especially from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, number one this week. He now for the year six in total points, 85% consistency. Julio Jones, 39th in total points. Granted, been hurt. Uh, only six of nine, 67%. Doesn't suck, but yeah, Julio Jones is pretty much going to drop out of the top 12, maybe top 24 heading in the next year, depending on if he stays healthy and what they decide to do with him. But uh, definitely Ridley is the heir apparent and has taken the throne away and moving towards the top of the list. And like I said, he's now basically fourth in total consistency as well at 85%. Um, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, still one, two, three. Uh, they are still earning up. But I think, yeah, we talked a little bit about Tannehill. I think the thing that's also more amazing about the t- Tennessee offense is that you have A.J. Brown, who's 83% consistent, and Corey Davis, who is 75% consistent, and they're basically both in the top 10 in um, consistency and top. Well, they're not. Corey Davis has missed a few games, so he's 27th in total points. A.J. Brown is 16th. But from a consistency standpoint, Tannehill is putting these two guys on the map from for that. That may be something worth if you're not going to look into trying Tannehill next year as your quarterback. You definitely want to look into A.J. Brown and maybe Corey Davis. Um, who certainly has come back from the dead and became the this year's Devontae Parker uh, as as potential for next year heading into 2021 drafts. Do you agree? I do agree, and it's you know it's taken a little while, but if you look back through, you know a lot of first round picks at wide receiver. There's some guys that come in and they're just they hit the ground running, like you know takes them a couple games, like we talked about Justin Jefferson earlier. Mm-hmm. But there's some of these guys, especially if they don't have that big conference pedigree like those LSU receivers have. They come in the league, it takes them a couple of years, it takes them a little bit to get up to speed with the game. And that's exactly what Corey Davis has been. I believe he was seventh overall pick the year that he came out. So it's taken him a little while to get acclimated. But I but I think it's a guy that, you know, he's not blowing you away with total points. He's only 27th of total points, mm-hmm. but he is 75 percent consistent. So that means he's probably a guy that you're putting maybe at your wide receiver three. Maybe you were even lucky enough to get him as a flex, but mm-hmm. he's going in that flex spot and he's giving you that consistent production every week. So he's not setting the world on fire. But right. he's still, you know, you look down your list, you're getting that consistent 12, 13 points from him every week, and that's what's winning your leagues. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm sure we'll have him, you know, ranked up there and showing to folks that, you know, hey, here's a guy you can get some good value on. Don't don't let, you know, let other people sleep on him, but he's a good value. And A.J. Brown, too. I mean, A.J. Brown has done this now back-to-back years. I think he was in the 70-some percent consistency last year as well, uh, maybe even 80. Um, but definitely worth that. Um, we've talked in, you know, uh, we've also bragged a lot about Terry McLaurin. 
being 79% consistent uh, with nobody at quarterback. Um, so as you talked about Antonio Gibson, same thing with McLaren. Uh, it'll be amazing if he could ever get a consistent and good quarterback in there. Um, some other guys I think that, you know, have been quietly, you know, near the top of the list that uh, may surprise some people. Uh, well, we talked about Amari Cooper last week, 79% consistent. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, 73% consistent. Now, granted, Debo Samuels missed most of the year. They've also had issues with the quarterback situation, and yet Ayuk's been pretty good. They've used him in, other, in different ways. I think they've done some running with him, kind of like Kansas City does with Tyreek. Uh, do you have any love for Ayuk heading into next year? Absolutely. and you know He's another guy that was a – Late first round pick, Niners. I think the Niners even maybe traded back up in the round to get him, if I remember mm-hmm. right. But yeah. as of late, too, it just seems like he's kind of come on. You know, since since week eight, he's seen double digit targets every game. And you know, like you said, a lot of that has to do with Debo Samuel being out, but also has to do with the fact that this guy's pretty damn good. I mean, he's you know two consecutive weeks saw sixteen targets against Washington, thirteen against Dallas, had fourteen and and ten respectively against New Orleans and Seattle. So it's it's not you know just because of injury, it's because he's pretty good. And you look at, you know, one thing I noticed too, you know, watching some games on Sunday, the last few weeks, Brandon Ayuk has been one of those guys crawling across the bottom of my screen, you know, putting up these big games. You know, he's he, mm-hmm. you know, he, it's nine for 73, five for 95, seven for 75, scoring touchdowns. So I, I think he's another guy that you're going to see creep up the boards a little bit. But yeah, he's definitely, definitely somebody that I'm on that I'd love to see in that, you know, maybe. If you get lucky, maybe put him in that wide receiver three spot, but you're probably going to have to get him as your wide receiver two. But I think if you get him there, you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's one of those things, too, is, you know, let's be honest, San Francisco, the whole team is hurt. Um, you know, so, again, he's been doing this without Garoppolo, without a decent running game, without Devious Samos on the other side, without George Kittle at tight end. I mean, basically, every weapon around him has been gone for some point of the year, whether it's a couple games or the whole season. So the fact that he's doing that basically, I'll just say ad hoc type of way, you know, just kind of making it work on his own, uh, that shows you that this kid's got some talent. So definitely like uh, him heading into next year. Anybody else on the list that, you know, you look at and go, you know, I really like what I saw this year. It, it, you know, at times, I mean, granted, again, not a lot of consistency out of a lot of players, but, Certainly some guys that, you know, um, have, you know, been had had some points in their year where they've had some good weeks like, you know, Chase Claypool, CeeDee Lamb, uh, a couple guys that I think of when I look at this list, uh, T Higgins, you know, when when Burrow was healthy, you know, my thought is, is AJ Green's probably due to move on. So it's going to be Higgins and Tyler Boyd. You know, these are the kind of guys I kind of look at and go, they had some stretches when everybody was healthy on their teams. They looked pretty good. Um, who anybody in there that you like that I may did or didn't mention? Well, Tyler Boyd was a guy that that I was going to point out just because mm-hmm. you know with with Joe Burrow in there, Joe Burrow looked his way a lot, and I think you know like you said, AJ Green, it is kind of it is time for him to move on. I think he's got a little bit left in the tank, but yeah. no longer that wide receiver one for sure. I think he's going to move on and find you know find a nice little niche as you know maybe a a wide receiver three somewhere, wide receiver two, but. You know, kind of like with with Ayuk, Tyler Boyd has has had three games where he had double digit targets, and I think two of those were with uh, Joe Burrow at quarterback. Might have been all three. I'm trying to remember what week he was hurt, but you know, he's he's a guy that took some strides, and I think that you know he makes it a little bit easier for them 
to try to move A.J. Green somewhere else. So I would say him. Another guy, too, that he's had a couple weeks where he scored some touchdowns, put a few yards up here and there. And, and, and he's his only problem is there's a couple of really talented guys ahead of him, especially when they're all healthy, and that's Tim Patrick. You go a little bit further mm-hmm. down the line, Tim Patrick in Denver. He's only 38th in total points but and 54% consistent. But he's had a couple games where he scored you a touchdown, and he's, for the most part, probably been a guy you've plucked off waivers maybe just to kind of fill some spots on bye weeks. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be kind of scary when you see if, if K.J. Hamler can figure it out you know, they have Cortland Sutton there. They have Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy. If right. they can get some – and Noah fan, if they can get some consistent quarterback play, that is a scary pass offense if they can get somebody back there that's competent or if Drew Locke can finally figure it out and get mm-hmm. the ball out to all these guys. But I, I really like Tim Patrick as maybe kind of a late-round uh, guy that you might get a little bit underneath the radar. Gotcha. Yeah, no, good good call there. All right, let's move on as, uh, to the last position. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, phew, this position has been rough. If you didn't earn, if you didn't have Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, or Darren Waller in your draft, you're probably been hurting most of the year, or at least struggling. Um, the total points correlation to consistency is just grossly off the charts <laughs> when you have Mike Isicki at eight overall in total points, Dalton Schultz in ninth, yet they're at 38 and 36% consistency. You have Gronkowski 13th, 43% consistency. You have uh, Evan Ingram who, you know, and I, I will apologize every week uh, until he proves me that he can get back to normal. Uh, you know, 14th in total points, 50% consistent. Eric Ebron is 12th in total points, dude. That just <laughs> blows me away. Where in the hell did that come from? <laughs> um, so he's 12th in total points. I, God, 50% he's, consistent. He's trying to channel that Indianapolis season from a couple I years guess. ago, I guess. I don't I, know. I thought he was left for dead weeks ago, and all of a sudden now he's in the top 12. Noah Fant, 11th, 54%. Mark Andrews and is sixth in total points at 58%. Yet Logan Thomas is fifth. So Logan Thomas is fifth. Uh, and Robert Tanyan is third. These are two guys that weren't even drafted by anybody. And they're third and fifth in total tight ends, total points. 64% for Tanyan, our favorite Indiana State uh, representative. Logan Thomas, uh, I know a favorite of David Katari uh, on here. Uh, 57% consistent. Um, Hunter Henry, 7th, 64%. John U. Smith, 10th, 62%. Even Darren Waller, 2nd in total points. Um, I, I had an interesting stat that I put in here. So Darren Waller is in 2nd place in total points. He is 53 points behind Travis Kelsey, who's in 1st. However, he's 64 points ahead of 3rd place. How about that? <laughs> so there's a 60 point gap basically between first, second, and second to third. Um, so do the math. That's 120 points between first and third, which we all know is Kelsey. But yeah, it's just amazing to me that there's this kind of disparity. And, you know, like we said before, if you don't go out and get Kelsey in round one, round two, round three, if you get him round three, God bless you. 
Uh, I don't think he makes it that far. He may not make it out of round one this coming year. It wouldn't surprise me if I see Kelsey in half of our drafts going around one. Would you be surprised? Not at all. And, you no. know, you, you, you mentioned David. David's the, you know, he's yeah. the guy that, you know, screams this the loudest, you know, get get him. And he's such a difference mm-hmm. maker. And, and he is. I mean, he's, you know, we talk about, and I don't know where he's at this week, but he's probably a top 10 receiver. So. Oh, yeah. You, he, you, who? Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah, he was fourth this week. It was a down week. Okay, so there. so there you go. So you're you're basically getting a <laughs> wide, you the fourth wide receiver as your tight end, and no one else is going to oh, even come within yeah, sixty five yeah. points of that. Yeah. So if you put Travis Kelsey's total fantasy points in the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. he's only ten points out of second place behind Devonte Adams. So there you go. Right. There you go. And in yeah. that offense with Patrick Mahomes slinging it to him, right. th- There's no reason that he's not going to go in that first yeah. round, and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I would feel comfortable if I'm at the end of round one, like mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th, flipping Kelsey and Mahomes right off the bat. I'll find depth at wide receiver. I'll find depth at, at running back. They're out there. I mean, you know, because at that point, you realize you're probably missing your top six, seven running backs. You're probably going to not have Adams, Michael Thomas, maybe Tyreek, um, or you know even even that combination. You take Tyreek and Kelsey, or I mean, it's just how do you not just invest as much as you can in Kansas City? You know, maybe you go Tyreek and Kelsey, you know, and at the end of round one, round two, beginning of round two, maybe you get lucky. And at three, four, Mahomes makes it to you. I would have no problem doing that. I realize nope. you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, but that's a big ass basket. <laughs> it's the way I look at it, you know. I mean, right now, you know, Kelsey is number one in fantasy, you know, for tight ends. Tyreek is number one in wide receivers, and Mahomes is number one in. I mean, why? Do, why would you not do that? Right. I mean, I know you could, you know, everybody would argue, oh, you never take quarterbacks early and wait and wait. Well, I got consistency numbers that says don't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, you could, if you took Lamar Jackson early, it didn't work out for you. But Mahomes, outside of his, you know, being injured last year, still put up solid numbers, but was injured. He's going to be, he's going to be 80, 90, 85 to 95% consistent. He's going to be, Top five in total points. Kelsey's going to be top five. Tyreek's going to be a top ten at least. And again, you fill in the gaps around it. You know, get Austin Eckler's and David Montgomery's and I don't know. So it's already starting to click in my brain for the magazine. But I, it, 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 it's hard to argue, isn't it? It is, and 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 that's the main thing that we talked about with, you know, the depth of running back. And you know, I don't necessarily have any you know any chiefs in this in this team that I'm made it to the championship game in the Kings Classic but right. let me just illustrate the fact that you can do this with the, now these are the running backs on my current roster right now Naheem Hines, Leonard Fournette, JD McKissick, Mike Davis, <laughs> Zeke Elliott and Kalen Balage. So that goes to tell you a couple things. Number 1, there are guys every single year and not mm-hmm. just a running back but it seems like it happens the most at running back there are going receiver. to be guys that are going to yeah. become available as the season comes on. 
They're gonna, mm-hmm. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to come out of nowhere. The Salvan Ahmeds, the James Robinsons of the year, you're going to get guys to plug into those spots. So if you go with those Chiefs in those first few rounds, you know, like you know, like we, we said when we were at the running back spot, you just named all the guys that you could maybe come out of there with. Mm-hmm. And some of those names that you mentioned, if you compare them with, with Kelsey and Mahomes or Kelsey and, and Hill, or even if you go right. – uh, you know, Mahomes and whatever combination, you're still going to have solid depth of running back that you can mix and match and make up for that because you're going to get – it illustrates just that fact so much more that you have such an advantage at tight end. You can afford to mix and match your running backs every week, and even yep. if you miss on one and hit on one, you're still going to be fine. Right, right. And then at wide receiver, you know, in rounds whatever, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you can get Tyler Boyd's, maybe Justin Jefferson's, Brandon Cook's, you know, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen. Remember, Keenan Allen was going in the sixth, seventh round this past mm-hmm. year. He's number seven in total points this year. Everybody said he was washed up. So, yeah, I mean, I just feel like you got you got to go with, with consistency, and you're not going to get any better consistency than those three Chiefs. You know, hell, if you get Edward Hilaire in there somehow, you could really kick bass, but that, that you're not going to get all <laughs> You might be able to pull off a Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, and one, two, three, maybe, but it'd be tough. So, but like I said, who knows? Hell, we might see Kelsey go sixth, seventh overall this year. Yeah, I think you do. You you know, and I'm not even talking about tight end, um, you know, those tight end leagues where you get one and a half points. God, he may go top three. (laughs) He may be the first guy off the board. You never know. Yeah. Here, let me just for some giggles. Go and I'm, I've got the uh, big guy fantasy sports uh, consistency report here. And for those of you, you know, uh, always following us along, you can go in there and change the scoring method. So I'm going to change this to 1.5 receptions, recalculate. And that would put Kelsey at 304, 94% consistency. Uh, still, believe it or not, still only 40 points ahead of Darren Waller in that case. Um, <laughs> You want to hear something funny? Oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong year. I'm like, wait a minute. How is Kittle that high up? All right. There we go. Kelsey, 338. So he'd be 50 ahead of Darren Waller. Um, the distance be- <laughs> distance between uh, first and third is 150 points. Um, but he would have 338. Now let's change this to the wide receiver position. And it's still at 1.5 receptions. But but again, that's 1.5 receptions for tight ends. Now I'm going to change it back to one. So we know that 335, that would put him in first place. So if you're in a tight end premium league, I mean, I don't think I have to tell anybody this, but he's higher than any of the wide receivers by far. Um, he would be right now, again, um, 20 points ahead of Tyreek Hill. There we go. So, yeah, so, I mean, then you have to go, you know, factor in, do you pick him ahead of, you know, other running backs and and that kind of stuff? So, he, you know, tight end premium, he could go first. And it's hard to argue. Again, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook is at 318. Uh, Kamara's at 321. So, that's your highest. So, yeah, he would be the highest point total out of all positions. So you could you could pick him number one and be not that really out of whack, especially if you throw in the scarcity scenario of that position. You know, kind of like you know, really good catchers in fantasy baseball. I mean, 
it's interesting, but I think it's been certainly, certainly not, you know, I'm not going to look at somebody and go, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? Like, yeah, okay. I get it. You know, uh-huh. you got to build around it, but yeah, I get it. So anyway, all righty. So there we are. We're heading into the championship week. Best of luck to everybody out there. Uh, definitely Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all. Uh, to all of our listeners, thanks to everybody for listening this year. We'll, we'll definitely be back, I assume, next week, kind of a week 17 wrap up, you know, talk about championship games, kind of talk about the end of the year, what we're planning on for next year. But uh, we'll definitely be back. So, uh, Ron, any final thoughts where they can find you and kind of shout out to everybody? Yeah, just enjoy enjoy the holiday coming up. Enjoy the friends, the family. Stay safe out there, and you know you will come. We'll come back with some stuff for you this week. Hopefully, I'll be talking about um, how I'm able to pull out a uh, King's Classic Championship. Yes, that we'll would see be what awesome. happens. So, anyway, um, come check us out at BigGuyFantasySports.com. Check out consistently cashing, man. I don't know what the pay line for last week must have been insane because I, my lineup did well, still did not cash. But we gave you some gave you some some good names out there, including JD McKissick gave you that one last week. So nice. if you, if you mixed and matched a little bit between Colby's and I, you probably did okay for yourself. But hopefully we'll get that ship uh, righted uh, this coming week. And uh, check out Big Guy Fantasy Sports in the next couple of days so I can recap what happened in the uh, the the. Last round of the Kings Classic uh, playoffs for each one of our divisions, and then that way you can see who's going to be playing for those titles in all all three of the uh, Jim Brown, the George Blanda, and the Lynn Dawson divisions coming up this weekend. Got it. All right. Well, as always, as you said, we can follow us at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. I just posted up all the articles tonight for last week's uh, review preview as we head into this week. And uh, thanks again to everybody for being a part of this, Ron. Thanks for being here. David is still out sick. Uh, him and his mom have had COVID, and they're fighting it off. Uh, they're both doing okay, but, you know, certainly uh, the mom's struggling a little bit more. But uh, we send out our thoughts and prayers to David and his mom out there. Get, bat- get better, get safe. He's hoping to be back next week for a uh, end-of-the-year wrap-up. So we'll hope to have David back in full swing. So once again, for Ron, I am Bob Blung. Everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>